0: Hello new friends and old friends, welcome to the show. My name is William Renner and this is the Meditation Daily Podcast.
1: I cannot stress enough how important it is to find our inner wisdom.
0: On today's episode, I spoke with Irina Slobodinski, a life and leadership coach.
1: And without realigning your inner beliefs about yourself, about the world, you can never choose a different journey because those things will always keep pulling you back.
0: We spoke about the link between authenticity and pleasure and the importance of developing your own inner wisdom.
1: Because all people have inner wisdom.
0: I found that Irina had a lot of really valuable insights on these topics so if you're interested in living a more authentic and pleasureful life and who isn't stay locked. Irina thank you for being on the show.
1: Sure thank you for having me.
0: So maybe we can start off by talking about authenticity and pleasure and how they're related like what does it mean to be authentic And how does authenticity help you be more joyful or have more pleasure in your life?
1: Absolutely. Uh, That is a great question. Uh, So to start off with uh, authenticity, right, and what I consider to be and what I have experienced with my clients and uh, just finding it, really, it's really being who you are at your core. And what I mean by that is, all of us have natural gifts and tendencies and things that we were born into certain personality traits. And I think one of the best experiences in life is really allowing yourself to fully discover who that person is and allow yourself to be that person in fullness and express yourself accordingly. Because, uh, A lot of times we're kind of socialized in society to be a certain version of ourselves. And what we're doing in the process is not only are we cheating ourselves of expressing our gifts, our tendencies, uh, all, all sorts of things, but we're also cheating the world of something that we were brought specifically to add into, at least that's what I believe, that every person has some sort of unique um, talent and way of contribution to the greater whole. And so when you are authentic, right, uh, all of that comes out naturally without having to question if it's appropriate or, um, you know, if it's going to be approved. Obviously, there's still normal norms and things that are okay and not okay. You know, we're not talking about um, things that just values-wise because that's a big one so just to add on to what i say i always help my clients find their authenticity by building what i call a foundation which really consists of your values of certain things that define you of your key personality traits of things that you can ask your friends about and they can instantly you know list from the sort of the top of their head about the things that you know you add to an experience so to me you cannot really explore or have true pleasure if you are disconnected from your authenticity because then you don't really know what it is that brings you pleasure um, or how you experience pleasure for that matter right those things are very different to different people some people laugh a lot to express to express pleasure others start you know, uh, recording and writing music. I mean, all of those things are really, really vastly different. So to me personally, in order to feel true pleasure and then explore it, it, you have to first find what truly and authentically brings you pleasure and who you are and how you experience it. Because without those and without giving yourself permission to really taking up, to, to take up space and allow yourself to embody that full version of yourself i don't believe you will ever face true you know powerful pleasure if that makes sense
0: yeah that makes a lot of sense that when you're speaking of this i'm thinking about stifling a laugh or something you know like there's there's something about if you want to present a certain way in a room or you're not sure it's a serious situation and you don't wanna be the first one to laugh, or there's, there's often these situations like that where when we're not authentic, it's like we very literally just stop joy from happening.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And a lot of times I'm sure, uh, I'm sure you have seen this as well, is the thing that you might be thinking about or you're experiencing, probably other people in the room might be experiencing, but everyone is kind of afraid to break that ice and be the first to you know, say something.
0: Hmm. So how do we how do we go about being authentic and and find and and understanding who who we are? Where do we start?
1: Yeah, I I I, I personally I I personally start with at least with my clients about. Um, really first connecting to their vision about who they ultimately, if, if there were absolutely zero restrictions, if there was nothing holding them back, what kind of vision do they have for their life? Like really clearly, who is it that you really want to be? Because that gives a lot of hints, I think in the first place, um, if you give your, and sometimes clients are not yet aware. Sometimes people are not yet have that level of awareness. And so, it really depends on individually where you start going. Uh, but um, as the name of this uh, podcast, meditation is a very helpful tool. Um, and what I mean by meditation, it's not just you know sitting down and uh, with your eyes closed. It could also be walking. It could be doing things that sort of invoke that kind of connection to our inner body not just where our minds are suddenly not as connected and just allowing ourselves to start to feel without shutting ourselves down of what those things are. Because I think a lot of the time, it's not that we don't know who we are or that or what we enjoy, it's that we've gotten really used to regulating those parts.
0: Hey friends, just a quick interruption to tell you about the sponsor of today's show who is sponsoring us not with money, but with wonderful, wonderful energy this is worldlings kids meditation it's a side project that we have here at meditation daily and it teaches little kids like toddlers how to use meditation so be sure to check it out the link is in the description
1: and saying this is okay this is not and so when you suddenly start to give yourself permission and what i invite my and what i invite people to do and i started doing when i started this work is it really comes from mindfulness, um, just even carrying a small, um, you know, notebook and just jotting down the things that you enjoyed during the day, or the things that brought you the most ironically pleasure, or, um, you know, just kind of started starting being noticing, like, at the end of the day, what do you consider a good day? Like, what what must have ha- happened in that day? You know, Um, Considering the person's values, Uh, those are huge because in order to be authentic, we have to be in line with our values. So, you know, just doing a values assessment and seeing what top five, especially values you have as an individual is super important. Um, And then from there, it's also uh, kind of layering back some of the what I call limiting beliefs, which is some some things that we were taught to associate in uh childhood i'm sure you have uh, heard such things as i can never you know i can never be an artist because i'm never gonna have any money and no one's gonna respect me i'm sure you've heard that it's obviously not true but because that person was conditioned to believe that when they were young right? Um, you kind of have to start peeling those um, those layers back. So just to summarize, I think a lot of finding your authenticity is really about mindfulness, meditation, uh, discovering your true values, and um, just being really observant about how you live your life and what things and what your day kind of must have in order for you to Feel your best, and also peel back those some of those limiting beliefs that might have uh, accrued throughout your life.
0: Hmm. There's a few things there that uh, that were super interesting to me that I want to dig deeper on. One was the relationship between uh, the body and authenticity, and for me, that's that's a real big one. You know, with meditation and trying to have more awareness of the breath and the feeling of the body. I think that that's uh, that's a really important unlock is when um we get stuck in the narrative that's in our mind a lot and having different tools to come back into the body can can really help us be more authentic like in a embodied way um maybe you have some some tips or some ideas about uh about that how to get more into the body
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think uh, breathing is huge. Uh, Just doing breathing, deep breathing, deep breathing exercise, because what that does is it interrupts the mind, right? Our minds cannot continue rewinding if we are focusing on our breath. Uh, And also a lot of times that takes practice, just counting your breath and just noticing how the breath feels in your body and just concentrating on that. And, uh, just, you know, having that feeling. The other thing is, and again, different people, you know, experience this differently, but most of us know what we somatically feel when we're scared or when we're sad or when, you know, even when we're happy. Right. And a lot of it is also connecting to those feelings in your body and sort of, you know, saying, I feel sad, and then noticing, how does it actually feel in my body? Am I feeling it in my stomach? Am I feeling it in my heart? How does it feel? You know, uh, the associated, maybe there's a color, there's a pattern. So really starting to somatically experience some of these emotions, not just from, oh, I'm I'm sad, and I'm sad but actually being like well i feel sad and here's actually what's going on and um i really think that that's the key from starting to just d- disconnect from the mind because honestly our body is uh, has much higher intelligence a lot of the time than our brains do because a lot of times our brain it goes to um you know certain things that were taught to us subconsciously, whereas our body always is connected to the present moment. And once you start to learn how to trust it and to use that, it has a lot more valuable intelligence than your brain can ever have.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I completely agree with that. Um, There's something that that I, I've been learning through Vipassana meditation through paying attention to the feeling of the sensations is that there's always a, whenever there's a, a thought happening in the mind, there's also a sensation that's happening in the body. And there's exactly. like, there's often a, a link between them. It's like when you're angry, you'll no. feel tension and heat. And so rather than trying to focus on the, the anger and the, the thought of who am I angry at, if you just focus on the feeling of the tension in the body, that's a much right. faster way of releasing that anger than trying to work through the, you know, mental idea of like, what has this person done, you know?
1: Absolutely, because uh, actually you bring up a very valid point because the, the most charged emotions are not from the feeling of feeling sad. It's from the story that we're telling ourselves that is sort of, you know, I'm increasing that anger and then we're all in it and we're all trying. And the truth is we have no idea what, what really is going on for that other person or what really happened or a thousand other things. So it's a lot more important uh, for us to consider our experience of the situation exactly feeling it in our body because when what happens is once you allow that sensation and just kind of disconnect from your head and allow yourself to feel angry or feel sad the sensation eventually passes and then eventually there's also intelligence from there like not just hey that other person is a jerk they made me angry but more taking ownership of it and saying, hey, uh, you know, uh, I noticed I got really angry when such and such happened. What can I learn from this? Why did I get angry from there? And what can I do in the future to handle this situation differently or perhaps not even put myself into that kind of situation such that um, I am not experiencing the same kind of anger?
0: Right. It's interesting to me how sometimes there might be something that would trigger anger one day, but on, you know, on a Monday it might trigger anger, but on a Tuesday it won't, you know, it's the same situation, but it, but sometimes it triggers an anger and sometimes it doesn't. So why do we put the blame of the anger on the outside thing when it's, you know, can change all the time?
1: I, you know, it's a, it's honestly, unfortunately self-work and, as I'm sure, as you know, yourself, this process is never easy. I mean, even when I, when I was starting out, it's, and so it seems easier at the moment, right. To just say that person is to blame it on the outside, on the outside influence rather than own it internally, because it sort of wipes any kind of responsibility from us. And then we're no longer feeling that pain because we can just say, oh, it's that other person's fault. It's kind of, it starts this whole conversation of what's better. Is it the immediate reward and the immediate satisfaction, or is it more the long-term health and satisfaction and uh, a thousand other things? Because what happens is people don't often realize it, but those things never fully leave. If you don't process them, it's kind of like throwing these old clothes into the closet and eventually they're going to, they're going to stay there. It's just for you. And then later on, you're going to have to process them anyway. It's just a question of how long are you willing to wait in order or what has to happen that is, uh, urgent enough for you to start reconsidering that some of these things that you might be doing in your daily life are not healthy.
0: This um, maybe this brings us back to the idea of pleasure because I'm thinking here about delayed gratification and how this uh, this tendency to blame the outside world and other people for our emotions uh, is kind of an instant gratification and it you know some people often yeah. will say I feel you know, they like being angry, you know, they feel like they like being angry, (laughs) but in the long run, you know, it's, it's better to deal with those more difficult, you know, past traumas and the subconscious stuff. So how does somebody go, uh, how does somebody work up? Is it courage that they need in order to face that? Or is it, uh, I don't know, hard work and uh, daily practice, like what is it that helps somebody, um, delay that, uh, Gratification of getting angry in the moment and dealing with the long long term traumas.
1: That's a great question, and I really I think that that depends on what's the underlying emotion behind that anger, right? Um, because for someone, it could be a feeling of safety that they're trying to keep themselves safe, and so the the outward response is anger. But the internal what's going on internally is there's like that mechanism of you of your subconscious, you know, your inner child picking up that, oh, oh, I'm not safe. Something is being threatened. I'm I'm going to get angry because someone is threatening my inner peace and so forth. So I think the biggest thing is to start out with uh, because I don't think it's courage. I mean, it does take courage. But I think the first thing is starting out to think about what are some of the underlying um, inner limiting beliefs or things that we might have not experienced as a child that are kind of causing us to really feel that kind of emotion, whether it be anger sadness or whatever it is, because you have to start to learn how to cultivate those things inside of yourself rather than thinking that hey it's the, uh, it's other people's responsibility to regulate my emotions and make sure that I don't feel sad I don't I, that I feel happy and that's a losing game because you can never control your environment mm-hmm. to be ideal such that you're a happy pleasurable person all the time right so you have to learn how to source and balance those emotions within and so uh, courage is certainly part of it, but it really is the willingness to start asking questions and being like, "Is are these things that I was taught to believe keep me safe or uh, keep me grounded or whatever? Are they really there to do that? Or are they have they sort of reached their expiration date? Because I'm no longer a child now. I'm a responsible adult. Who can make better choices and I can actually keep myself safe? I can actually cultivate these feelings. So, are they expired things that I can just release and sort of adapt a new, healthier way to deal with some of these things?
0: Hey, friends, just a little reminder to let you know that if you're listening to this as an audio podcast, we also have the full video available on YouTube. And if you're watching it on YouTube, we have audio podcasts on Spotify, Apple Music, everywhere. So check the link in the description.
1: For me, it started out with reading books like Edgar Tolle and other things like The Power of Now and just really starting to make myself aware. Because I feel like that's more more gentler way is first making yourself aware that there's a different way. Um And the other thing is that I cannot emphasize enough is really, really try to drop the self-blame or feeling like you're not good enough or that you're doing something wrong. Just because by starting doing this work, you're already doing something phenomenal for yourself, for the people around you. So really kind of doing it one step at a time and uh, even hiring a coach or a therapist because some people for some people it will require uh, really overcoming some painful trauma that they have not overcome in the past for other people it might be you know there's no significant trauma but there are certain things that they were taught that they need to recondition so it's such an individual um, individual journey and every person is different but I would really, Connect, and this is exactly, I guess, why I'm a coach. I really try to invite my clients to own their inner wisdom because all people have inner wisdom. So I think if you start allowing yourself and just gently start asking the question, Hey, how can I start this mindfulness? I, I call it a mindfulness journey. How can I start doing things differently? Right. And a lot of it first starts with reading a book and just like I said, educating yourself and then really allowing that inner wisdom to come in and saying, Hey, what, what's the next step for me? Is it, you know, is it hiring a coach? Is it dealing, is it going to a therapist? Is it, um, you know, just trying to be mindful about these things. So every person is every person I would say, um, is different and courage is one of the emotions, but just with courage and without realigning your inner beliefs about yourself, about the world. You can never choose a different journey because those things will always keep pulling you back.
0: That's really cool. Um, yeah, there's there's a lot of what you said rings true to me. The um, The idea of starting gently and reading books and just kind of feeling the waters of like, what is mindfulness? How can I, you know... If i have a desire to change it doesn't necessarily have to be a radical 180 degree shift right away it can just be a slow learning that there are other you know directions that you can move and i think uh naturally what you what you said about coaching and, and finding a, a coach or a therapist or somebody who can be a mirror for you and help you understand what's going on is also helpful because friends there friends can be helpful in asking friends but sometimes they're almost in the in the same narrative with you sometimes you know so having somebody who's a little more distant um can maybe help you be more accountable if that makes sense
1: yeah absolutely because our friends are biased and that's not that's not a bad thing um you know they obviously they want what's best for us but they're biased with their own conceptions and things that they might perceive And those things, again, I cannot stress enough how important it is to find our inner wisdom and sort of really learn to lean on that. Because, you know, as you know, the first thing we want to do is ask for advice. And I found that sometimes the best friends who have started this journey actually force you to be like, well, what do you think you should do, right? Um, Instead of saying, well, I think you should do this because- only we know what is truly the best for us, even if we're disconnected from it and don't hear that voice just yet, it's there. Um, so absolutely, I, I, that's one of the reasons a coach and a therapist is so is so powerful, just because they can be that uh, sort of mirror and force you, as, not as much as thera- therapy is there to give you advice, because sometimes you need to, but especially with coaching, uh, the, a, a good coach is there to really foster and strengthen and help you develop and trust that inner wisdom. Hmm.
0: I want to go back to something you said earlier about um, about values and authenticity and being in alignment with your core values because I think that's something that uh, is, is really important to to talk about is that if we're not in alignment with our values, first of all, if we don't know what our values are, then it's hard to be in alignment with them. But, but really, when you're in alignment with your values, it, it really makes you kind of unshakable, I think. And so for me, there's a, a really strong link between morality and authenticity and doing what we think is right and being, you know, even if it's difficult. So maybe you have um, more thoughts on morality and how, uh, f- you know, how morality is linked to authenticity.
1: Yeah, I think, uh, you know, I, this is obviously a huge topic, especially lately, what's going on in our society. Um, I, I, I do think that it's linked in the sense that uh, I, I, my personal feeling is that right now a lot of people are living in um, a mode of survival or, uh, you know, things that are threatening their own, um, inner peace or things that are going on, um, internally kind of that kind that, that, that trigger. And so, uh, absolutely. I think morality leads into authenticity in the sense that if you start to own your experiences and that you are the artist in your life and you have control of how you live your life and the choices that you make, and, uh, you know, cause a lot of people confuse that, right? So for example, it's like an eye for an eye kind of thing. Whereas in reality, if one of your top values is let's say loyalty, it shouldn't matter to you that the other person is what the other person is doing. You have a choice to politely leave the right. situation where, you know, let's say you, your top value is loyalty and someone is not being loyal you don't need, I'm just, this is obvious, an extreme example, but you don't need to get violent or do things that are against your morality or things that are okay. You can choose to deal with those emotions, which are obviously very painful, and then leave the situation, right? So I think that's one of the things that we sometimes don't see is that, um, the other person, we can't control the other person, but we certainly can control ourselves. And so if we have a certain value set, it's important we always lead with those values, regardless of what someone else is doing.
0: What What you're saying right now is, is really interesting to me. I'm thinking about cynicism and how there feels like there's a lot of cynicism in the world right now. And a lot of people who have just given up on society or feel like humanity is you know, falling falling down or like there's there they, there's a hopelessness there. But if you really cultivate good qualities within yourself, like loyalty and honesty, then you have no reason to be cynical because you understand with certainty that those qualities do exist because you embody them, you know
1: exactly. Right. And then you start because energy, like energy attracts like energy, you start to attract people into your current experience that might share these those values and it's a really cool experience because then you're like wait I'm not the only one there is there's definitely more but it absolutely starts with with yourself and that's where I that's where we're not taught these things a lot of the time and uh we are not really taught how to experience our emotions or allow them to happen or self-regulate and so you know a lot of the time that leads to some unhealthy things
0: um maybe before we go we can talk a little bit more about authenticity we've been covering this a lot in this talk but do you have any other um tips for people on how they can uh start to live more authentically?
1: Yeah, uh, absolutely. I would, um, you know, make even make a list of the things that you really want to experience or the things that bring you joy that maybe you haven't or you haven't allowed yourself. But first, uh, sort of get into a quiet place. And I suggest for people to do some kind of meditation or some sort of breathing exercise, or maybe a walk. It doesn't have to be a seated meditation to really, again, get connect to that inner wisdom and allow yourself to uh, be like fully present and just allow things to come through and take on this exercise with an agreement that whatever is going to come out Is okay. And I'm simply writing this for my own information. No one's going to see it. And so I am taking this seriously and I'm going to list all the things that truly potentially bring me joy, pleasure, whatever it is, and be honest, you know, and it can be, it can be something as silly as uh, I you know, I enjoy taking a hot shower every morning because that is something that is important to us. you know, we start to cultivate something, oh, if I don't take a hot shower in the morning, I'm not gonna feel myself. Through. I mean, it sounds silly, but it, it it's, it's really developing those kind of things. And so connecting to that, um, like I said is is really important. The other thing is, like I mentioned before, Um, even carrying a little notebook throughout the day and kind of, uh, you know, just listing things that brought you a lot of joy or things that you didn't expect to uh, enjoy or experience. And yet you really enjoyed it. Um, And sort of just going back to that kind of like thought, if I had one day and I had to, and I just had an opportunity to make a perfect day, what is a perfect day for me? What is, what is there? And like I said, I, I can't stress this enough before you do any of these exercises, allow it to be okay for whatever it is to come through and to be there because this is just for you. You're not threatening anybody. This is not because, and the reason I mentioned that is because to a lot of people, uh, you know, like for example, I had a, I had a, um, Uh, a woman that I was coaching. And by her culture, she was required to cook. And she absolutely hated cooking. And so being authentic meant that she was not going to cook on a regular basis, because that did not bring her pleasure. And there were other ways for her to Get food and you know, feed our family. So, just by listing that, you know, it's not just by allowing yourself to utter that I'm not, I I do not like cooking, I it you know, is already sort of going against the grain. So, which is why I'm saying allow those things to come through, whatever they are, regardless of how you've been taught or whatever. Just doing that self exercise and really starting to connect what is it for me that I really like to do versus things that might really not be something that I, that I do. And the other, the the last thing I will say is even listing activities that you find yourself doing, like throughout the week, like listing a a set of things that you did and just having a reason column and saying, why did I do that? Did I do that because I really wanted to, or did I do that because I felt like you know, someone was not going to think of me the same way or whatever. And that's another and really another really good way of cultivating that as well.
0: Right. I think that's that's wonderful advice. So uh, Irina, if people want to get a hold of you and find out more about your coaching process, what's the best way for them to reach you?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, either through my website or the also the best thing is just to email me at uh, Irina at innerbuzzcoaching.com. Uh, and I'm sure you'll have that link uh, for people to, to, to find uh, and I'll be uh, happy to respond. And then the last thing that I say is I always um, offer a complimentary session uh, because it's just as important for you to find a, a connection between us and between me as a coach um, as for me to see if I am, if I could see myself a fit and sort of embody and lead you to your goals. So I always offer people a complimentary session where we map out some of the things that, uh, you know, some do some of that visioning work and just map out even a rough journey of what that looks like, regardless of whether or not they proceed, uh, to, you know, go into full coaching mode.
0: Wonderful. Well, friends, I hope you enjoyed this conversation with Irina as much as I did. If you like meditation and mindfulness content, we have tons more stuff on the channel, so be sure to check it out. Until next time, wishing you happiness and peace and some type of meditation in your daily life.